Welcome to Geek Out Weekly, the podcast where we geek out not so strongly on a really roughly seven-day basis. It's been a bit of a naff month as far as uh, the weekly part. Good thing we misspelled it on purpose. Um, I'm your host, Adil, and I'm joined by the wide-eyed Ben. Hey! I can go back to being just closed eyes. it's fine. Mm, squinty face. How are you doing this week, Ben? Good, mate. I'm all right. I'm all right. Cracked out some work this morning. Uh, had a good weekend. Ready to chat the latest, hippest, coolest fighting movie in existence. Oh, I thought we were watching Mortal Kombat. <laughs> hey! Uh, as always, I'm going to start with asking you, what's your broad strokes impression? Is on the movie. Uh... Mm. Mm. I mean, yeah. Ooh, it sounds like you're giving this movie the cold shoulder. Oh, everything. I think I think I was frozen throughout the entirety of it. Uh, How about well, yourself? Are, are there any other noises you you think you know are necessary for um for initial no, impressions? Good. That, that's good. Uh, I, I mean, I liked some parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the best way to describe the film is actually to talk about the first scenes because I think mm. it started out real strong. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so let's, let's so let's talk about the first scene because I think it also sort of is a good. Um, you know, we start in feudal Japan? Uh-huh. Question mark. Um, I'm assuming. Yeah. On uh, Earth as well. Yeah, on Earth. Yeah, yeah, on Earth. I think they did mention hundreds of years ago, 400 years or something. Um, but we've got this uh, Hanzo dude hanging out with his wife and children. Hanzo Hirashi? Was that it? I can't remember. Uh, it, 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 this is not us being racist viewers. It's just like said twice and not. And it's an, and it's a name that I don't think I'm familiar with at all. Like uh, well, that's a because, lot of Mortal Kombat games. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. It wasn't a name I'd ever heard. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just bringing up the um wiki that I meant to bring up earlier. Mm. Um. Yeah. So we start up there. He's hanging out with his his wife and son. Mm-hmm. And it's all like, cool, we're feudal Japan people. And then he, of course, goes to the well while the son goes to look at the crying baby daughter. And then we cut, then there's this like, someone was stabbed and their blood mm-hmm. is smashing against the like the paper screen on the outside of the house. And then a sword comes down. and Yeah, randomly there was this uh, uh, kind of, Guard, lookout guy, sort of walking back and forward a little bit. It was very strange. It was like, who's he? Oh, he's the guy who needs to die for this very bloody scene to show you that this (laughs) isn't your dad's Mortal Kombat movie. We got bloods. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This like it seems like they're basically living subsistence wise, but they have a guard? Question mark. Um, Yeah. So anyway. Um, you know, there's a back and forth. Um, Binhan, Binhan. Yeah, Binhan. Yeah, Binhan. That's right. Um, I, I wanted to say Sub Zero. I'm like, oh, at this point, he's not Sub Zero yet. Uh, he is um, basically seems to want to bond with the child, and then gets annoyed when the child shirks away, and then mm-hmm. he does. He freezes a bit, and then we cut to Hanzo at the well, and he hears a scream, and he rushes home. And he kills some guys, and then he sees uh, his wife and child now outside of the house. Yes. But but curled up together and looking sad and somber. And at this point, I realized I needed to let go of my notion of semblance of how this could have possibly happened because this movie wasn't going to do that because they were doing just pictures. Because if she yelled as she was being attacked and or frozen... We would think, as being a frozen person, she might be, you know, mid-yell. Or Completely. running away yes. versus yep. holding her child kind of well, calmly. She was, it, she was stabbed as well, right? So she, yeah. she wasn't just frozen. There was this, this sort of ice spear out the back of oh, her. That, so I wonder yeah, if but, she was, was, but there's no grimace. Uh, like, it just didn't make yeah. sense. But th- that's fine, um, I guess. Uh, we can overlook that bit, yeah. Uh, and then we get some really cool fighting um, by Hanzo. We mm-hmm. see the birth of the the kunai on a rope. 
Yeah. Um, which I thought was really cool because he was seemed like he was like scrambling for a weapon. Absolutely, and I, I think this was sort of one of the good parts about the opening to it. That yes, Mortal Kombat is nuts, and it's all about different realms, and there's crazy magic going on for abilities and all this sort of stuff. But we have some kind of real world aspect to this, so it isn't Scorpion as Hanzo becomes firing out a Kanai from his hand because it's inside of him in some way. It's an actual physical weapon, which is great. And I thought brilliant. This shows that maybe it's going to be not grounded, but at least a little more kind of Tactile. physical in what they're doing, rather than it just being, hey, I got some powers now and I can just do some stuff. And I think that's the only example of this in the entire film. Yeah. And, and I like brilliant. I love where this is going. I, I was so started off so strong. This is this is absolutely fantastic. But also, like the the fights choreography, like he's one of the most talented of the mm. um, people on, on on in the movie. He's doing a lot of acrobatics. We've got a lot of really cool moves with the rope. You know, the like using your shoulder to like hit it, the tension so it fires yep. back, throwing it into people, getting it back. He's just being really acrobatic, and it's and it's this like improvised weapon, so you get mm. the sense that he's very very strong, and that's why uh, Sub Zero is hunting him. Great, right? Um, and I also liked that there was um, so sidebar uh, a lot of blood in this movie, mm. a lot of practical blood, but then a lot of CG blood, and boy, mm-hmm. can you still yes. tell the difference. Um, and it, it felt very much like they were like, oh, the studio was like, oh, that wasn't bloody enough. Just add a of blood, which doesn't yeah. make sense. But hey, it's Mortal Kombat, so like it's over the top bloody. I get it. Um, it's just this first scene set me up for, like you said, a more grounded, um, choreographed thing. Mm-hmm. And then when in that fight scene, starting to see like plushes of blood, you're like, well, that doesn't fit with what you were just doing. But it did foreshadow the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, and so, uh, we don't, if you wanted to, do you have any other things you want to say about that scene? Um, no, I think again, it, it leads then into, uh, <clears throat> a reasonable fight, <clears throat> Excuse me. A reasonable fight with uh, Bihan, uh, who mm-hmm. comes later to Sub Zero, um, sets up this idea as well that <clears throat> that Hanzo was being hunted by Bihan because of you know he mentioned his his sort of his tribe or his clan um, that there's a backstory there that maybe you know Hanzo's past he's done stuff. Uh, Bihan was Chinese, and I think Hanzo is Japanese Japanese, because they jumped between uh, languages. And I think Hanzo actually says, I don't know what you're saying at one point, or I can't understand you. Um, But it it sets up this really interesting story. And I think they've missed a massive trick here that they've gone, let's set some stuff up and actually let's make this a big part of it rather than just setting up the rest of the movie. They could have set themselves up here for, you know, a sequel which could have delved more into this. Had they have kept it back in that time, and all of it, you know, there's there's so much they could have done based upon just this first what? It's only like fifteen minutes. Yeah, not it's, but yeah, it, it it's just but, enough for you to be like invested, and yeah. then uh, so this this is why I think talking about this chunk of of the movie is emblematic of the way I feel is because then we fast forward to a guy in a gym and his Mm -hmm. name is Cole Young and he's new to the franchise. Yeah. And he's not a great fighter and he has a wife and child that we're supposed to care about. Well, he he was a great fighter, right? Well, he had a great fight because he took down that champ (laughs) once. That's all we know. (laughs) Right? And then it's just like, ah, Cole Mm. Young? And I think... Like just that that dissonance of, oh, really cool. Oh, Scorpion went down to hell. Are we gonna see him make a deal so he can have revenge? Are we staying in like Japan times to keep the notion of their, you know, I mean, various versions of the lore are like their families are are fighting or yep. whatever, right? Um, and the Sub Zero name is passed on in in different Mortal Kombat's, right? Like it depends. Um, but that's basically their tension. And instead, it's like, now we're meeting someone who you've never heard of because we're making them up in a series that has a million characters, not including the cameos, just in the lore. Yeah. Um, 
And the, the biggest problem with these types of films is not enough backstory. And they're giving all of the backstory to someone new. And I guess what they were trying to do is not short sell everyone by short, short not short sell anyone by short selling everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, he's just so generic as well. Just very bland. Very, yeah. very bland. Um, and that that's sort of when I was like, oh, and that's kind of how I felt for the rest of the movie. Yep, yep, I completely agree. There's, uh, I mean, I, I I went from mm to oh really, um, in a in a couple of points, some some lines of dialogue which had been thrown in because of you know commentary during the game and characters saying things that a narrator says in the game. And I'm just like, oh my god, that's just that's so cringy. the fan the what, fan like, service. Why? Why? And it was it. Uh, it was one with a hat. Kung Lao. Kung Lao, yes, and he he says something like fatality after he's spun oh, it's the even worse. He says flawless victory. Flawless victory. Yes, he does say flawless victory. I'm like, oh no, just just stop, stop with this, just shite. We don't need all of this extra bits. You had oh, there's such so a many good, of them. such a strong start, and then you're just thrown into this generic, bland film, which is, <clears throat> in a lot of respects, even worse than the like '95 film, whatever. whatever hey, you year. shut your mouth. That film is great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The new, the new thing is, is you know, it, it just. In so many levels, they've tried to make this kind of this epic tale of you know what Mortal Kombat is and the Earth Fighters and how someone new can rise through it, even though there is this lore and you know you've got Sonya and Jax kind of hunting people out and stuff to find the Earth Fighters and all of this kind of thing. And it's just like, yeah, exactly, Adam, flawed victory. Um, it's it just, it just like, doesn't work. Yeah. So so just in the interest of of, of controlling the tethers yes i have to well, let's talk about these shitty lines these like these are fan service lines like fan service is like hey my favorite character is in this film and i feel like that that's like that's good fan service sometimes it can be a cameo sometimes it's like oh learning more about them it's not hearing essentially an audio cue um <laughs> like you know what good fan service would have been fucking jack's uppercutting that guy in the pit the yes. pit is a pit yeah. nope didn't do that just nope because we don't really care about what's actually good but the worst part i think is one of the more subtle ones which is they're like oh yes let's test your might in the training dojo and you're like <laughs> no and, and again, also then they need to punch bricks that's what testing like finish the reference yeah yep. i mean luke hang doing the sort of um spinning leg kicks on kano when they're training first a great tiny little hmm. moment, which is fan servicey. You know, just sweeping down, sweeping leg kick, take him out. He gets up, sweeping leg kick again. Kano then jumps to preempt it, lands, and then he sweeps his oh, legs out. So that, and I'm like, yes, that's great, good moment. Every time, every anyone who's ever played a Mortal Kombat game the first time against someone who has played it before has had that round and they're fucking frustrated. Exactly, that's nice little fan service because it's it's also but it works because it's playing into the roles of Kano's kind of a brutish dog and he's not a fighter fighter and mm -hmm. that's just using technique. That's why that joke lands. Yes, it's absolutely. Like, yes, it fits in the film, but it's also a clear reference. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so there's others, but I just wanted to mention that one. Like, there's also a multiple times, like a fatality moment. No one said toasty, though. Um, but speaking <laughs> of, let's actually, uh, like, hmm. Yeah, so so let's talk about the Broad Strokes um, plot a mm. bit. Um, and then we'll go into the characters as much as we can, because there's a lot of them and none of them really matter. Um, but like the, um, why I want to say this is because I had wrote, written my notes when Cole has his magic tattoo, his birthmark. They're like, oh, I'm like, oh, great. So now this new guy is the chosen one. Like mm -hmm. various incarnations, especially the early ones had like Liu Kang being the chosen one or the one yep. the, the like not really prophesized, but like the champion fighter, the guy who's supposed to lead them. Right. Um. Forget him. Why, why would we use the character the lore already has? 
because um, this ain't your daddy's Mortal Kombat film. It's new, so I mean, it's, it's no one's fucking Mortal Kombat film, is it really? But yeah. Sure. Um. So, but then they reveal, which I kind of like, that there's just a fleet of chosen people. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also, if you kill a chosen person, you get their tattoo. Yeah. Um. And then you're like, well, so there's this weird magic making tattoos float around, except for this really. Breathe, like this this may so you're like at first you're like cool that means it's a bunch of people but then it leans heavily back on the bloodline thing and you're like okay so it's harry potter and the sorcerer's kunai great like we really this is a, this is about a bunch of fighters trying to beat a bunch of other fighters in a tournament that mm-hmm. is the game what have you done you've made it about chosen one prophecies and no tournament yeah, no tournament absolutely no no tournament uh, we could have had uh, uh, a film based upon that first 15 minutes where, and it could have just been like Scorpion and uh, and Sub-Zero and a few other uh, Outworld level or older characters, you know, Goro, something, yeah. something that did appear. You know, if you want those characters in there, you can do that with an ancient tournament. And then we could have done all of the modern stuff in another film because oh. I think that would have been such a better step for this rather than being like, oh, now we'll just throw Johnny Cage into a sequel, you know, based upon a, a poster at the end of the uh, first one. I'm, I'm going to Hollywood. Fine, yeah. sure, whatever. Sure. But it kind of, it, it, it just sort of, I don't know, it's just this weird setup for what they want to do. Like training the outworld inhabitants, uh, are going to try and stop them before the tournament even happens. Uh, the Outward Inhabitants have won nine in a row. What makes them think that they won't win the next one to then take over well, the mortal uh, yeah, realm? So, like, so, yeah, let, let, let's go. So, so the chosen one thing I just want to mm-hmm. highlight. But yeah, mm-hmm. so then the plot is there are, if they win 10 tournaments in a row, they'll take over because the gods have a weird way of being clearly setting this up and then walking away because they didn't want anyone else but Raiden in the film. Um, yes. Right. So, but yeah, so they've just always won. And uh, uh, Shang Tsung um, is like, ha, we've already killed most of the the earthlings. Let's continue doing that. So long as we don't get caught is essentially what he's saying. And then they just later on walk into where they all are to try and kill them several times. And you're like, you're contradicting your own plan. Yep. So fuck you. I remembered this shitty scene from half an hour ago. Don't make me regret regret it. <laughs> I'm following your film. Um, but yeah, so then their plan is to kill combatants before they're like... Uh, known, which is very strange, and then you're like, so wait, so they've got a radar for the tattoos, I guess, but they wait, but they didn't know that there was a tattoo going down a generational line in between all the hundreds of years. Like uh, it, again, it, yeah. it, it, it just doesn't make sense, it and it doesn't. It's, it's, it's make, it makes explained. for a poorly paced film because of it. It does, but also there's the idea that you have the you know the Earth. Or the mortal realm fighters. Okay. A Kano of witches one. Yeah. Has the mark. Got it off of someone. But he is one of Earth's warriors. And switches sides, essentially. And you're like, well, does it matter who's got the mark then? Because he doesn't... It's not like an Earth mark. It is just a mark. That can then just be used for whichever realm you want to fight for. As long as you have a mark. No, I think the mark Sonya is that, that the Earth has chosen you, but then but Sonya that takes doesn't mean you're bound off, to it. Yeah, sure, and Sonya takes it off of him to then become... Be an a, Earth warrior. Be an Earth warrior. Like, it... it yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you, are, you are stating the facts of the movie, friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's like, well, but the Outworlders can recruit anyone they want. Mm-hmm. So, so again, it's these, like... The gods have chosen you. These are the Earth gods. I mean, this is the problem. I like, uh, like this is like it just doesn't make sense. Well, I think- and it's not needed, right? Like, good fighters. You could just have Raiden recruiting them, or sending people to recruit people, or just have them go like. Like in the first, like the uh, first film version of Mortal Kombat, they were just like knew about a tournament and they just like 
I don't know, wrote a backstory for these characters such that it'd be like, oh, I'm Sonya Blade. I work for the military. I'm hunting Kano. Kano's going to this tournament. I'll go to this tournament. Yep. Jax is with me. Or whatever it was. Like, it could have just been like Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Fighters, renowned fighters of the world invited to a tournament. Yes. Okay, we've kind of done that before. And I can see why they'd want to differentiate what they're doing. But, but again, no, we didn't even have a tournament. But, but I want to hold, put a pause on that, which is why? The reason why we had a tournament before in these movies that you want to differentiate from is because that's the basis of the game they're adapted from. Yep. That'd be like doing a new adaptation of Lord of the Rings and be like, well, we've done Sauron before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Peter Jackson's like, don't worry about the ring. We've got something completely different lined up. Yeah. They're all just going to go and live in Rivendell. Done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it was really frustrating because it's... Just, yeah, so let's go on. So, so the, the whole point is the film takes place before a tournament, except technically it's a tournament in the last things because of a throwaway line by Cole. Uh, if you haven't watched this movie, Cole Young is this washed-up-ish fighter with a wife and kid who gets wrapped up in this because of his lifelong tattoo because he's secretly related to Scorpion. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we think we sort of brushed over that. But yeah, yes, so he's in the bloodline of Scorpion because when Sub-Zero killed Scorpion and his two... Kid, his mom, mom, his wife and son, his daughter was hidden in a bench. Mm-hmm. And Raiden found her in a bench. That done deal. Raised her, made lots of kids. The worst part is, I hate when they do these budline things. Is Do you know what happens to family lines over 400 years? They get big. Okay. <laughs> you may have one child... And that is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, there's got to be like that. That's just a common birthmark at this point. If it's just everyone. Again, it's a chosen bloodline doesn't make sense within the, the you are the perfect fighter. Because that means what? If, if you gave birth at the wrong moment, your baby would be entered in the tournament because they had the th- fucking birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> and then does this then pass down to his daughter? Does she have one? I don't think so, but she should, according to the rules of the film. Could she have been a? Could she have fought? I mean, his wife tried. She grabbed a big axe and smashed it into Goro. I mean, good on her. I actually thought nice that that's what they were gonna do because it was a bloodline thing. I thought mm-hmm. she was gonna like do some Goro punch or something, but then no. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm all over the place because this plot doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, like the film. Yeah, but. Uh... <sighs> Gonna take a deep breath because I th- I feel like otherwise we're just gonna like harp on again uh, like the film we're we're busting through stuff yeah yeah um so let's talk about um the second fight uh the Jax versus Sub Zero why because at least so mm. one of my biggest complaints is as the movie got went longer the fights got shorter yeah and it should have gone the other way because it's a fighting game movie. <laughs> Except for the final fight, which again, well, I'll get to in a second. But like, um, yeah, so it's Jax versus Sub Zero. There, Sub Zero or Jax has like a gun, and Sub Zero is Sub Zero, and he's obviously somehow still alive. He's then he's got demon eyes, and they they do a good set of punchy punchy. Jax has some good lines. Um, there's good use of the like he at one point they're like in a empty warehousey building, and like Jax is clearly like not strong enough. Yes. But he like goes like I've served six tours or whatever. But then he like does this like jump like he kicks off of a, a cement pillar mm. to like throw a haymaker, and you're like, yes, that seems so stupid and video gamey. And like so like it's just choreographed really well. You feel the punches, mm-hmm. like there's some reeling, and and but you also know like. We know what's going to happen to Jax yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jax has two arms. He shouldn't have two arms. He should have robot arms. Oh, Sub-Zero has already shown that he, like, freezes things and breaks them apart. Um, so Sub-Zero freezes his arms and then knocks him off a floor. Uh, at this point, in my notes, I wrote, Sub-Zero is bad at killing people. <laughs> because he kills Scorpion by stabbing him in the right shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then going, push. And then later we see Sub- uh, Scorpion, like, still breathing. And you're like, okay, so he didn't kill him. And then he 
disapparates into hell, which again is like a letdown. Yeah. Um, because like, there's no de- it's not like he didn't die and then go to hell and need to like there's just so much there that could be there instead it's just like and then his body burnt up and mm-hmm. Raiden came to find a burnt patch okay anyway yeah, Raiden's so then just Sub-Zero- like I'm on the toilet just give me a minute just I, I, I know you're fighting I can sense it I can sense something's going on you just gotta give me two minutes and he gets his like oh shit just too late yeah um, and then uh, so yeah so we find out later Jax isn't dead because mm-hmm. Sub-Zero just knocked him down and walked away. His job is to kill people with the mark. And he just, like, stopped? <laughs> he didn't even I check. Mean, didn't check he was dead or anything, did he? Yeah. I just like, well, you got no arms. <laughs> I guess that's like killing you. <laughs> Me, who's alive for 400 years via magic. I'm sure it's fine. Mm. Um, and then everything gets... Just like dumb, I yes. guess, because now, uh, what's his name? Um, Cole, uh, goes basically hides his family, goes to meet Sonya, and then we find out that Kano is in Sonya and Jax's conspiracy boardroom because they didn't know how to introduce Kano in this movie. Yeah, so they had him chained up, but then also, as soon as he escapes, because they fight reptile. He doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want revenge, even though that's the character. He's just like, I guess we'll be pals. Yep. Give us and some it's... money and I'll take you where I was gonna go anyway. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Mm. Um, we do have that fight with Reptile, which, again, felt... I like that it's... That's the OG version of Reptile, right? It's the Reptile yeah, yeah, yeah. that goes into a body, right? Rather than the cyborg. And Yeah. Mm. Um, And it's like... Acid, spit, great. Invisible, great. Cool-ish, fight scene-ish. Ends with Kano um, punching it through the heart somehow and grabbing its heart. So, yeah, again, it's it's interesting. For for most of this, we're sort of seeing, you know, like an outworld warrior or, or a beast, essentially, fighting three normal humans. And it's shown very well that they're kind of three normal humans. Except then Kano has enough strength and power to punch through the chest of this being and push his heart out. And I mean, looked fantastic. As a, as a shot, looked really good. And, you know, again, a fatality type thing from Kano, punching through yeah. the thing. But this is a moment when he hasn't got any powers and he isn't super strong and special and stuff. He's just a normal guy. Well, and then later scenes in the movie remind you of this yes so it's, it's not like oh it turns out maybe kano had powers mm-hmm. no no it turns out he definitely hasn't got his powers in mm-hmm. but he definitely can punch through an acidic reptile and uh, don't worry somehow punching through its chest wherever the acid was the acid's like here head. in its shoulders so he missed it completely. yeah um yeah it just it it, it looked cool but also it lingered on the shot like i think that's my problem is a lot of the things that are obvious notes to the game are like flawless victory. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I got it, I got it. Everyone paying attention? Fatality. <laughs> See what I did? Hey, that don't look away. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a thing. Yeah, but I, I completely agree. I I mean it there's some talking about that part of the sort of film. There's some reasonable dialogue from Kano. He's played quite well. I like um, the actor, yeah. And I think out of all of them, he maybe, apart from maybe sort of the beginning of the film, remove yeah. that completely from the, the criticism of the rest of it. But Kano then is probably the best uh, character within this. He's the most, he feels like the most developed character because he has so many kind of, even even though they're sort of quips and, and and quite sort of throwaway lines, you understand his character through well, a lot of this stuff and through the relationship that, and conversation he has with Sonya as well. Uh, you, you, and, and the betrayal, feels right? Fleshed out, right? Unlike everyone else. Yeah, I mean, because Kano betrays, you're like, yes, you are doing the bad guy thing. Mm. You feel like a real bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Versus Cole Young, you apparently 
tap out easily. I guess yeah. that was what your first scene was. Was like yeah. you can't take the pain. Yeah, and, and there was a you're... comment. It was a comment as well from the, the the fight organizer who basically said, you know, you can't just attack. Good yeah. fighters have defense and or something. And something. I mean, again, let's jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, but it then sets up Cole to having this. He, he, when his ability manifests, because they all then go, they find Raiden's temple. Uh, they, um, I'll breeze through this, but yeah, they, they find Raiden's no, temple. No, no, this is correct. They, they get there, they get there, kind of Kano gets his power through being kind of challenged and getting super angry and stuff and realizes he's got a laser eye and those kinds of things. Stuff, stuff sort of happens and Cole can't but, get his powers, right? Yeah, basically everyone who has a mark has a latent power they have to figure out, and that's what the tester might turn champion. Yep, is. yep. And uh, and Cole can't get his until he. And Raiden basically says, "See you, buddy. You're just going to be a, a liability on the team because you can't figure out your power." Didn't send Sonya Blade away. No, you can you can hang no. out. You can stay. But you. Well, but that's because it was secretly to set him up to get his power. exactly. Uh, and then we because his power a- was basically not giving up? Question mark. Well, well. So again. Like, the idea that he can't defend and all of this sort of stuff. He then... His power is then this weird rope top, which can absorb... It's a gold, ab- it's a, it's a absorb- gold top. Well, it's gold, yeah, but it comes from the strandy thing his daughter gave him, the friendship bracelet she made oh, out of yeah, thread. Right. It comes out of that, right? And then he can absorb hits. So it's like, don't need defense, don't worry about it. You could just absorb all of the hits now, and then that powers you up for a bigger punch. It's like... Well, it's, it's not even clear that it does power him up. Um... It's like, maybe, mm, mm. but so that's what I didn't like about that. So yeah, so what ends up happening is he gives up, he goes back, Goro teleports to his barn. Yeah. Um, and threatens his family. Makes and some then, noises, breathes heavily for a bit. Well, yeah. And Goro like, like does Goro stuff, picks him up, punches him. You know, it's fine. It's, I mean, it's a wasted. They don't, they make him a monster. He doesn't even speak. He has zero mm. words, which yeah. sucks. Um, uh and uh yeah so um goro's punching him he's just getting beat up he had the the one win he had was basically getting goro to collapse the roof on top of himself but cole also kind of got hurt that's when cole's wife axes Mm -hmm. uh goro and then he sees his wife about to get beat up and he like makes a magic shirt and then he gets to be punched in the shirt but what's really weird is suddenly now he's able to land punches and his skill has gone up. Yes. But mm. like it, the way filmically it telegraphs what happened is he's got this defensive shirt. But it doesn't explain why now suddenly Goro, he, he's out fighting Goro on the fighting part. Because he, yeah. he, well, he was punching Goro and it didn't matter before. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're right. Maybe I was supposed to take away that like it's like a reflector vest or something like not a reflector vest but you know what i mean um when he's on his bike yeah and then so he yeah he like uh and then that's not enough and so he just does more power and then he gets like a blade tonfa and a regular tonfa out of nowhere yeah uh because apparently he just needed to manifest more power to get the full suit that was his suit that was his power i mean it's it's you know, we we sort of see the other characters. So Kano kind of gets his uh, his 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 eye laser. Um, I don't know whether anything else kind of increases in him. Jax actually has more story as well, where he has these super he he has these metal arms kind of implanted onto him in place of the ones that were ripped off, and they're super weak because they think. And then his power is just my arms are now good. Well, my arms are now robot arms. They're I, like, like, like they they look like a completely different technology. I mean, it's very odd, isn't it? Like, Liu Kang's power is that he, you know, throws f- fireballs. Makes sense, right? Uh, um, well, no, it's more like general fire control. I suppose, yeah, well, sure, sure. Uh, and he can make a dragon. That's cool. Yeah. But it, from the games, sure. And, and Jax is like, oh, Sonya's stuck under this thing. I'm going to try and lift it off of her and through the, again, from what Adam said, the power of friendship, through the power of friendship and wanting to save my friends, my arms become big robot arms and they're much better now. Um, Coles, just like, just like woven shirt. I mean, if you're going to make a new character, make him fucking cool. Don't but give him a shit fucking power. Well, it's it not just though, be because like, it's just, it's just shit, shit. Yeah. 
It's shit. It's a shit character with shit power, and they don't even make everyone else's powers kind of manifest together. But then they make it so that he has these weapons later in the scene. Because you, kn- they just think they're so full of themselves. They're like, look, people are going to look. And then he has more things. Look how cool that'll be. It's like, that's not how you've told me this works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not as good as you think. Um, because, okay, so one of the Tonfas is a blade. And so he, like, slashes Goro. And Goro's like, oh, I can get cut by you. Mm. And then he alternates between, like, dual Tonfas and then flipping the one to be much more like a sword, essentially. And yeah, cuts Goro to pieces so quickly. In I don't think they get what makes a satisfying end to a longer fight scene because it's not, aha, I am now powerful. You're fucked. Cut, 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 cut. Even though like that first cut of he cuts off one of Goro's fists. Yes. And if they made the fight continue mm-hmm. longer than twenty five seconds or whatever, like if they made it like oh, now Goro's pissed, and now they're fighting for a bit, but Goro only has, like, three arms. Mm. That would have made that moment, which at that time, I was like, oh, shit, he cut off his fist. And then it was like, oh, shit, he's cutting him to ribbons. That fist cut didn't matter. And you're like, you've ruined the one moment in that fight where I'm like, what's with this Tanfa? Oh, shit, he he cut him up. That's cool. To just be a flurry of the same. Mm. And, no, I didn't care anymore. And also, yeah. who who's Goro? He's a shadow from earlier in the film. Who with Shao Kahn's bloodline? And no, just, if you didn't was it his know, bloodline or just from his court? No, like, it's I'm glad Prince, that... he's Prince Goro, right? And he even says it's good to have some some of Shao Kahn's blood mm. on on our team or whatever. Um, which I I accidentally fumbled into what was going to be one of more more final notes, uh, but I think I'll bring it up now because mm-hmm. uh, then we'll just whinge about other characters later. Which is who the fuck is this movie for? Because all of the things I just listed are things that make no sense if you don't know Mortal Kombat. Yep. You see a shadow with maybe four arms called Prince Goro, who's Shao Kahn's blood. This guy gets, he, except for the fact that he's big, he gets beaten up pretty easily by Fancy Dress Boy. And we don't, like, if you don't know anything, you're just like, ah, okay, so that, that I guess I should have sent Sub-Zero instead. Even though this is the second, this is a, this is this right. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. I don't know this, it's just a bunch of throwaway facts that don't mean anything. Completely. That just make it confusing. Mm-hmm. And then it's a really like okay, so he beat a low level employee, who was called Prince Goro. This is um, and, this and is, if I am a fan, you're like, boy, did you do Goro dirty? Yeah. Lena dirty. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it, it hovers in this weird place, right, where it, it's trying to cater to Mortal Kombat fans. It gives you those fan servicey moments, or at least what they think you want from those fan servicey moments. And it tries to be a bit broad and not name drop too much to try and pull people in. But again, it's still too much. It's still very much based in Mortal Kombat. Uh, uh, you know, but with within no the respect franchise, for Mortal Kombat. With no respect for Mortal Kombat. Absolutely. Uh, it's it, it is the big takeaway from this from this film, um, but it it kind of I, I at the whole time I watched this, I'm thinking, if you don't know what Mortal Kombat is, you've got no idea what's going on. You wouldn't you wouldn't. It's not even a coherent film in terms of taking you through sort of backstory and pacing and setting up characters. And it's just here's this guy, here's this guy, here's this guy, here's this guy. These are the things that they can do. Done. Uh, I I am a fan of Mortal Kombat, and I'm not sure what's going on. I. <laughs> And I think that boils us back down to like our original points. On that first 10, 15 minutes, we could have built something very good here, which could have been a fantastic martial arts movie, which could have brought some of those elements in. It could have set the world up and then just been able to push us through into modern Mortal Kombat, where they have a tournament and all of these sorts of things. And then they can then they can play with the format a little bit. And it doesn't have to be a, a tournament in the second film in the modern era. You know, if we'd have seen the first one had a tournament, people understand what's going on. They know some of these characters. Then if Scorpion comes back and Bihan is Sub-Zero and stuff for this next second film, you know, all of it had actually happened prior to the fight that they'd had. There'd been something else, and it could have been Bihan super pissed because Hanzo won the tournament for Mortal Kombat and and stuff and brought fame to his clan rather than to Bihan, and all of this sort of stuff. There'd been loads of stuff there that would have built really 
perfectly into setting this franchise up into being bigger than it is to pulling people in and to being a film that people could watch without having to play the games unlike what yeah. we have well but I, again it's not even like that clear that the games help that much because mm. they yes. do it so poorly mm. that you're like oh oh then i don't like this film like <laughs> if, if the film if, if you're like oh i need to play the games to understand the film and you play the games you're like oh i understand this film is not good <laughs> i mean thank you for approving this to me for game um but i also agree with you like there's this really cool movie in my head which is like it's the ninth Mortal Kombat, and we have Sub-Zero and Scorpion who are going to be... Sure, they're choice, chosen, or, or whatever. Let, let, let's mm -hmm. pretend we don't... like. They are chosen in whatever way makes sense, and they represent Earth, but they have their own beef. Yes. And so it's a struggle of the tension between wanting to kill each other but needing each other for the good of the world, which is also your clan, right? Like, bam. All, all feudal area of like 1600s or whatever great you could have you could even even have tongue-in-cheek nods to like oh you know uh, uh, like um uh, a, a big african guy with strong arms who like ground pounds or something and he's mm. like oh you're like ah oh, you're the jack's predecessor or something and then you can have a lot of the because outworld is in a different dimension you could have your reptiles and your yep. melinas and your katanas and you could lean more heavily on the couple of um, guys who have longevity because they are a demon and whatever, whatever Sub-Zero is, right? Like, these characters who are more myth mythical and magical and mystical, you could have them last throughout the tournament. And I actually think it'd be, it would have been fine to split the movie more half and half, mm -hmm. where the first tournament ending with them both dying or whatever and that's what they're like think about it this way like they, the ninth one was lost so what if it was lost precisely because they couldn't get over their shit yeah 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 and killed each other and then sub-zero flip sides and scorpion dies is a demon yep but then it turns out he comes back blah 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 that would be interesting and it would be a way of having a conflict and character development mm -hmm. and inter-character relationships that makes sense outside of I caught him, he's a bad guy, but we need him, so he'll fly me to blah. I I, I did notice though, uh, I thought it was a bad goof, but that like because he Ray, it looked like Raiden's uh, when Cole's like Raiden's like, get the get the fuck out of here, you weakling. And he like opens a door in his um in his electrical cage. Mm. I thought it was a just like shitty writing because then Cole's magically on the other side of the world at his place. But it turns out that Raiden can teleport anywhere, anywhere, anyone, anywhere. Yep. And, I, um, and it was like, oh, oh, because um, the final act of this film is Cole getting the bright idea. So basically they all get a little beat up and then Raiden saves them all from dying um, all by them. taking them all of them know it's not dead. Uh, what's his face with the hat? Kung Lao. He dies. Yeah, Kung Lao dies because someone has to... Even though I... even though from uh, Liu Kang gets very upset about that, because Kung Lao comes again from this line of warriors, and yeah. he is like the chosen one, right? Uh, at least from mm -hmm. what Liu Kang believes, and the way that he talks about him and stuff, and how cut up he is about him dying. And, it, and he's such a throwaway character in this. Yeah. He's, he, he's just there to say some quips to uh, Kano to make Kano flip uh, and to and to have a fatality in a fight with Bird Lady, mm. um, which, again, she has no real lines. That again, fight was really quick. Yeah. And that's and they, they basically knew that because they said flawless victory because he just stood there and waited for her. And then when she attacked him, he jumped on her back and then killed her with his hat. And you're like, yeah, that was a flawless victory because it wasn't a fight. Yeah. You you wrote that. Um, but yeah, so, so basically Kung Lao is, is, is the, look, the stakes are actually big, but not really. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, I saw like flickers of what I know about Mortal Kombat and I was like, so Kung Lao got his soul eaten by Shao Kahn, mm. which plays into the movie, not Shang at all. Shao Kahn, Shensung, sorry, Shensung's, uh, soul eating powers don't matter except for that one scene. Yep. And the fact that he says, I will eat your souls. So in 
the lore, he can take the form of anyone whose soul he's been eaten. And we know in the previous lore that Liu Kang and Chen Zheng are like the big enemy bracket, essentially, in most versions of the lore, because Liu Kang is, Chen Zheng is secretly working for Shao Kahn, but we don't even know about that. And so we think Chen, the sorcerer is the real bad guy and Liu Kang's the champion of the earth. Yep. So they fight. And you're like, oh, I get what you're doing. You're like backdooring us into that fight scene, mm -hmm. except he's going to turn into Kung Lao and Liu Kang's going to struggle. Nah, fuck that. Why would we why would we do anything that remotely resembled the lore or used the powers or any dynamic or development at all appropriately? Yep. Nah, no, let's just throw it out. I blew my mind entirely that they, I was like cuz I was so sure. This is so obvious. It's such a perfect puzzle piece. It writes itself. Yep. Nah. But the, and and then the, obviously they have to bring Cole back in to have some kind of final fight. So then the final section after they've all done their kind of like their individual fights oh yeah so so let, let's go back a second say so so because cole's idea is important right so uh raiden basically hides all of the warriors in the purgatory essentially yeah. um and then you're like wait so you can teleport anyone anywhere and your warriors were being hunted down and you have a secret place they can't reach them and you didn't think maybe train them in this place you just let all... what it's all good for development yeah Anyway, so then Cole says, ah, they want a tournament, but who says they get to pick where? And so that's the excuse of Raiden using his magic, literal magic powers to teleport. But this is what blew my mind. It's one thing to like, be, I thought it was like a, hey, you go there, or I've opened a gate from here to there. But no, in fact, it's, I could put you anywhere, but also can pluck anywhere and put them here. So I'll just put um, Jax and... Hammer boy at the pit, mm -hmm. and then I'll put you two together over here, yeah. and Lu Liu Kang and Cabal together. But Liu Kang wanted revenge for Kung Lao, but I'm not. I, but he did f was fighting Cabal earlier, so we'll just replay that fight so that there's just boredom because you've seen these moves against each other. Why would you make them fight each other again when? Cabal wasn't the one who made him angry, and you're like, well, he wants revenge, so same fight? Yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is complicated and way too advanced for us tiny-minded general populist types. Um, this this idea of, of I, development. I know. Anyway, too, so... Too advanced for people making films as well, obviously. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to get us to the point of just realizing how ridiculous the setup for all these fights are, and mm. the fact that if we call it a tournament, they call it a tournament. They want a tournament? Fine. So I'm like, so is this how you're, are we just pretending like this random teleporting of Raiden's is the, is the tournament such that you'll win? Because that's what you seem to be suggesting in this quick yep. lines. And then you're like, well, what about Sub-Zero? He's too tough for us. Ah, uh, we'll just three on one him. And you're like, well, that's not how a tournament yeah. works, Cole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see like a tournament. You're going to have, you've got five warriors. You've got five warriors. It's best out of five, basically. Like there's, yeah. there's five individual battles. Best out of five. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're gonna have this extra one as well. And then the runs of us who've left, we can then just fight this other guy. And it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. And obviously, then there's a, you know, Cole's disqualified because Scorpion fucking turns up. Like, who's this guy? Yeah. Just coming in. Well, but see, that's but see, it's clever. Good writing, Ben, because they'd already established that more than one person could fight Scorpion yes. or Sub Zero. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Basically, Cole is fighting... I've already forgotten who Cole was fighting. Melina. Yes, right. Um, Cole's fighting Melina, and then Sub-Zero finds uh, Cole's family, and then oh, Sub-Zero yes. teleports, shows the friendship bracelet. So it turns out Sub-Zero has smoke teleportation powers mm. and not Shensung, mm -hmm. also unclear. Um, but I guess, sure, why not? Sure, everyone can teleport anywhere, anyone, I guess. Uh, You've got to be a certain point. age to do it. So, yeah, fine. Mm, yeah. Uh, so then Cole charges him and the teleport just manages to get the both of them. So now Sub-Zero, but it's a trick because Sub-Zero has taken... Sorry, this really bothered me when it happened, but they're in the gym of the original scene mm -hmm. that Cole fights MMA in. And you're like... 
So you found Cole's wife and daughter, and before freezing them, I guess ask them, where's the good place to make Cole fight? Because <laughs> I don't want to ruin your living room or use this yard that Goro died in. What if it's a cursed yard? What if Cole's not that good and it was the yard? I should find somewhere else. Yep. Like, it's, it it's doesn't make sense. But anyway, it turns out they're, they're not back at home. They're in this place. And he's frozen them to the chain walls of the, the ring. And then Cole's like, oh, no. And then he gets beat up. But then a kunai on a chain goes, hits Sub-Zero. And as you pointed out, Scorpion shows up. Uh, and Scorpion's mad. Mm, he's very angry. He's like, oh, I'm finally going to deal with you after 400 years of waiting. Wait, why didn't I attack you before? Because it's not that you were just now on Earth because you were there in that scene mm -hmm. where you beat up Jax. Again, is it just that, that sense where we said earlier, had, it, had the chosen one been just born at that time and that's when they decided to attack, then they're, you know, they're dead because they're a baby. Mm. Is it just that this is precisely when Scorpion went... I'm ready now. I'm done. I know he, there was a comment where he said, I've been in hell, and rather than it consuming me, I've I've made it work for me, essentially. Um, is it is it just that he had to get to a power level or a certain point or when he felt comfortable And it's enough? just convenient timing? It's just a convenient time, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's knows? just... Yeah, it's very dumb. Uh, but we do get a fight scene, which starts out cool. Yes. We gotta get over here. We get a, a a nice callback where he takes his mask off, which he does a million times, mm -hmm. um, and says, I told you not to forget my face, which is what he does right before he before collapses he yes. but doesn't die yeah. um, when he gets stabbed in the shoulder. Um, and you're like, ah, okay, good. Like, that's, that's a callback I can get behind. Um, and then he spends a lot of the fight using a katana. Yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I was like, hey, I was just like, what? Oh, uh, fuck you, get movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder how much of this movie is being developed, or has been discussed with um, with the developer in terms of like Mortal Kombat Twelve, right? Mm. How these characters can be differentiated from their previous incarnations in the games. How can they change it up a little bit? Well, they can introduce Cole. They can introduce that flying character as well. They can change Scorpion. So he's, he now fights. He's now Yoshimitsu instead. Just pull him in from fucking Tekken. Uh, yeah. They can do, you know, is there some of that kind of going on? Uh, or is it just, again, just a callback to kind of his character? You know, that he, I he, think yes, he has now got these extra abilities because he's been in hell rather than uh you know rather than just being dead when Bihan yeah. killed him and we didn't know that he had any abilities but he was obviously some kind of chosen one because that's been passed down to Cole but it just it's, it's kind of like okay sure yeah so it's just yeah. another kind of like throwaway bit you're like all right fine I mean I think what it is is that they're they're trying to be like well you know he's from feudal era Japan, yeah. he would want to fight with uh, Katana, but I like they did such a good job of him not picking up a sword really that all, like in that he was mostly using his improvised kunai on a rope mm -hmm. in that first scene that was brilliant. And so I just assumed he'd continue doing that type of stuff with his kunai on a chain. Um, yeah. And instead he, he, he starts to do it and he, like he loses his sword, Sub-Zero like knocks it like basically it's stabbed in the ground. It's stuck, right? And then he starts fighting with the the scorpion weapon. And I was like, awesome. And then, like, then he does a cool move to get the sword back. And I was like, oh. But then also, it means that Sub-Zero has to have a sword. Well, yeah. I was going to say, this is my big problem with the fight is neither of them are sword fighters. But, like, and I, I think now, as soon as I'm talking about this, I realize it's because they gave Cole those two tonfas. So they need weapon on weapon. Oh, but Cole was designed for the film, guys. You're you're betraying the way two of your fighters fight, including how they fought each other earlier in the establishing act of this film, mm -hmm. to make sure a new guy could tonfa blade or whatever. Mm, can keep up with um, them, yeah. 
uh, yeah, it, it it was a really it it was a fight scene that should have been really great. It's it's the like it's the fight scene in the movie, yeah. right? We got Scorpion and Cole Young versus Sub Zero in the way that the fights in Mortal Kombat happen with two on one I mean, and weapons. Are we now gonna get? Yeah, Mortal Kombat Twelve is now Mortal Kombat Tag Tournament instead. Uh, not just taking Yoshimitsu out of Tekken, they're taking the whole spin-off mm. series and, and making it kind of like that. Or who know who who fucking knows? I mean, yeah. So so the fight scene is kind of anticlimactic, mostly like partly because you're sort of let down by this. Oh, I guess they're using swords, and like the best choreography in this movie has been mostly like fist, yep, absolutely limb stuff with non CGI things. Um, I do like the. Um, how Sub-Zero can just keep making a sword or whatever mm-hmm. out of his ice. Um, I like the blood knife thing that he does. That's oh, yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very quick. It was in the trailer. So, I mean, watch the trailer. <laughs> and he makes, you know, it, it's cool. He makes some like ice walls to throw people into and stuff. And, and makes So that thing is a like cool idea, right? Things. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's more grounded, right? Instead of, because if his ice can just freeze you, it's like, one of the problems with the game is like he freezes you, then he punches you. Uh, but also in fatalities, fatalities, if he freezes like your arms or whatever, he can snap them. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a disconnect between those, but it's a video game. In this, if you want to be more grounded, I like the fact that they've shown that he can freeze people, but it sucks. Yeah. But he can't just, but his, he's essentially just throwing a really big ice ball fast when he does his like actual like hadouken ice move which normally is the haha you're frozen and i'll come up and uppercut you mm-hmm. and i liked that they um they they, they adapted that right that made sense because it's still his like freezing of people still meant something big um but yeah it, it it was disappointing they like went back and forth for no reason and then scorpion just like i've got this and not even take your family. Like, you, you've established that he lost his family. That's why he has a revenge. This is his bloodline. And it's not, I've got this, like, get get them away from here. Like, empathy with the risk. Mm-hmm. It's, I've got this. Take care of my bloodline. Like, but this is, you know, the writing. So bad, though. Um, also, like, I again, it's like everything is just half-assed so they mm. they have these his his wife and daughter frozen to the wall and so halfway through the fight cole is also trying to beat up the ice yes but then sub-zero tries to take advantage of that and there's this it's done okay i liked that cole kept re, like the fact that we saw multiple versions of that it's like oh cole wants to beat sub-zero but his primary idea is like get his family save now. his wife yep. yeah his family um and you're like cool and does he like power up and just go bah punch or like do something to show no it, it, his great great granddad or whatever uh is like oh i got hell powers so i'm just gonna hit i'm gonna gra- jack's ground pound with fire and it's just gonna melt the sides of the thing quickly and then they're just free and so like all of that struggle didn't matter because if he hadn't punched it zero times it would have been fine because yeah. deus ex scorpion surely just do that at the start yeah well why didn't yeah exactly why didn't you just like, why don't you enter, get over here to the guy, and then just punch the ground? Like, could you not have just... <laughs> yep. And then he could have said, hey, get your family out of here, because I, I clearly want a one-on-one with Sub-Zero. Yeah. To remove you from the scene completely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of, it, it, like, just to finish up, I suppose, it kind of just ends a little bit limp as well, doesn't it? Like, then... Raiden shows up with everyone else at the gym after um, Scorpion burns Sub-Zero to death, I guess. Yeah, except uh, I thought a, they would have showed him, like, Ash. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they it's kind like, of, oh, our CG did budget didn't they did a quite little get there. Bit, didn't they? And I, again, I wondered whether, uh, whether the, he would then melt away and go into hell or whatever, as happened to Scorpion right at the beginning of the film. Uh, but no, he's just his charred corpse lying there on the mat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Raiden turns up, brings everyone with him, and it's all like, hey, cool, we did it, hooray. These are my friends, yeah, this and then, is my family. And then Chang Sung turns back up, and Raiden's just like, now bye. And like... It was so strange. Could you have not done that 
straight away. Again, talking about him being able to teleport whoever he wants, wherever he wants. And I know there's a comment where he says, we're not meant to get involved. Like, I'm an elder god. Shang Tsung is is whoever he is, but I'm not meant to get involved. I'm just meant to protect Earth, basically. That's it. I'm not meant to do anything else. And then he's like, yeah, but I'll do this, right? Yeah, I mean, so this is what I don't get about the not getting involved. So it is the case that you... So I think that's that's what the teleporting everyone to various points in the outworld is supposed to be, is he's not getting involved because he's helping the tournament happen. Mm. But he also broke the rules to put them in purgatory, mm-hmm. which is why he didn't do it before. But then you're like... So I think I think the logic of the movie is that that was the tournament, and so now Shensung doesn't have a claim to attack people on Earth, yep. except he said specifically nothing stops us from fighting between tournaments, and if that yeah. was the tournament, it's over, so he can just kill people now. But also, <laughs> there's no reason why he should kill these people except if he a grudge, which you've t- established grudge killing is fine because the tournament is over? What? Like... And but yeah, just, it's just the fact that he banishes him. It's like fuck you. You should have done that in that scene in your own temple. Then. Like I'm sorry, but yep. putting up an electro wall is preventing them from killing your dudes, and zapping them away is preventing them from killing your dudes. I don't know why you would, if you, yeah, it just it, it's it's just painful. <laughs> and I'm gonna stop thinking about it and say uh, one thing, which is, I liked. I, I, I at first I didn't like Sonya's lack of. Like Sonya being a knife girl instead of just hmm. a fighter, I thought it was just fine. Kind of, it, it felt to me like, oh right, so she's the girl, so she has to consistently fight with knives while everyone's fighting with fists. That's how it came off to me. Um, but I I liked that she was very proficient with them, at least. But it was a thing that really rang weird. I couldn't tell okay. if it was just like, am I annoyed because she didn't use knives in the game, really, or am I annoyed because? Why is she the one who seems to be, uh, only be able to succeed when she has weapons while the rest are kind of just proficient fighters? Um, but then I, I, it didn't matter because, boy, did they do her dirty, kind of? Because she kills Kano, gets her mark, and then basically teleports to the Molina fight and immediately, she, like, is teleported and then immediately uses her ring power to destroy Molina. Mm-hmm insta fatality and you're like so in on on the one hand she's way better a warrior than all of them because she just immediately knew how to use her power she didn't need to struggle with it on the other hand it's because you guys are lazy and don't want to give her development (laughs) (laughs) so you make this op uh character which i don't even think the film understands how op that move is Mm -hmm. in its own logic but yeah i just felt like ah you did and then that's it. That's like the last thing she does is look. I, I blew a hole in a thing, and then it's like, "Hi, we're old friends." Yeah. Uh, and that was her arc. Her arc was, I killed Kano and got my magic birthmark that I was jealous of Jax about, and uh, and then I could ring power. <laughs> I did it once. Anyway, that's it. Um, I just wanted to mention that because I, I I did feel weird about her character, and then it it didn't matter because she wasn't really a character, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so that's us whinging mostly about chosen people and poorly choreographed fight scenes, which is, I think the biggest problem. A couple of weeks ago, we talked, not you and I, but uh, Connor and I talked about Godzilla versus Kong yeah. and it was bafflingly, bafflingly stupid and didn't make sense in a lot of ways, but the fights were fun and it knew how, how, when it was being dumb, it felt. And this is, I feel like the worst parts of that, which is bafflingly dumb Oh, there's no butt. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, yes. uh, How about you? Final thoughts? And Um, again, there's something so much better in the in in the belly of this that that could have been um, that could have then spawned on. Spawn. They should have had spawn. Uh, Was spawn ever been in Mortal Kombat? I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, you think of the cast of characters they've got. Even if you don't go for other franchises and all of these other things that they kind of brought in, um, they've got so many characters, and they could have just 
spread it out a little bit, just taking their time, built those characters. And we've kind of said, we've already come up with a film we would have preferred to have seen as we've been discussing it, you know, a little bit longer, split that in in having more from Hanzo and Behan in the beginning and then then bringing in the, the modern elements or even doing just a shorter uh, film with a tournament set in feudal Japan or set in Outworld at that time and then something modern. I, I think there's definitely legs to what they'd set up with that first 10-15 minutes. It just fell apart completely. Uh, and as we've said, it's not really made for Mortal Kombat fans and it's not really made for anyone else who wants to watch films. Yeah. It is just a film. Yeah, so I, what I would say is... Uh... If you are interested in a more recent Mortal Kombat thing that does the things we're saying are missing, uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy, which was a web series okay. uh, in 2011, um, and it's very good because mm. it, it's it, like it's like a series of um, uh, 12, I think. I can't remember. Like, but basically uh, 10 or so. 10 minute episodes that give you like kind of the backstory of each of these characters. And it's kind of what you want, mm. which is just like a who's who hits enough for development. And then ideally something, some payoff at the end, which is kind of what the first adaptation movie was doing. It was just very camp and stupid. Um, but you can have a more grounded ground pounded um, version uh, and that did it really well. I think they might have made a second season. I can't vouch for that, okay. but I really enjoyed it. it, it and it, to me, it was like, oh, yeah, people figured out how to Mortal Kombat for the screen. Nice. And it's a no-brainer that the next one will do something like this. And then turns out, yes, <laughs> it's an, you need no brains, but people might not have brains. <laughs> uh, yeah. So And so it's really good. So if you are interested in something Mortal kombat mm. that's what I would recommend. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Um, well, that about does it for us this week. Um, if you enjoyed the show, uh, please like, subscribe, follow, review, um, share with friends on whatever service platform you happen to be enjoying us on. Really helps show when you do leave reviews or follows or, you know, send a link to some friends. Uh, if you have comments about the shows uh, we've talked about um, or things you want us to talk about or looking forward to, to talking about, um, you can reach us at podcast at outoflives.net. You can also find um, VODs, streams, wait, VODs of streams, uh, VODs, podcasts, articles, etc. for all the things we do at outoflives.net. Um, yeah, you can reach me at Leomniarch on Twitter, Ben at Nova underscore 47, or the whole website at outoflives.net. Uh, so yeah, uh other than that oh yeah join the discord uh if you want uh the link is somewhere or it's on our link tree which is on our twitter i'll just put it in the chat as well yeah cool um so yes that does it for this week thanks again for joining me ben no worries it's been fun to talk about nonsense yeah um and we'll be back i think next week for locky we're doing Loki next week Ooh, uh, what are we doing the week after i can't remember we're gonna wait it depends we're going to do one, the first episode or the first two episodes? Yeah, well, we will finish this conversation off air and let you know. Um, but yes, thanks again, uh, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. www.outoflives.net